Hello and hello, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. If not, not when. Today I have such an honor. I'm so so excited for today's special guest, Mike Gurnett. And if you don't know Mike, oh my God, you should really know this. First of all, Mike, he is somebody born to start business. Not just one, not just two, not just three, not just four, five ventures and counting. Today, Mike is the CEO of Swift Ride, with a mission to build a commute solution for every single need on the planet, while keeping accessibility at its core of its mission. In addition to that, Mike is also a sport fanatic. He loved. Um, to work out, I imagine he has a passion about basketball and hockey. He represented Canada in year 2016 and 2017 in obstacle course racing world championship. Wow, that sounds so fancy! With everybody, I am so excited and thank you so much, Mike, for joining us and welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Wen. What a what a fantastic intro! I, I greatly appreciate all the kind words, and、uh, I'd like to think all five of those、uh, those previous startups were all、uh, tremendous successes. But the you know some of them are are great learning opportunities. But、uh, I'm so happy to be here. It's been been a while since we've been、uh, trying to get get on together, and so this is、uh, it's great to、uh, to finally be here with you. Thank you. Yes, we are so excited to have you today, Mike. And first of all, tell us how does the whole magic app started? Well,、uh, th- thank you,、uh, thank you for asking.、Um, I've uh, I've uh, I've been、uh, been an entrepreneur my basically my entire、uh, adult life,、um, but I learned、uh, I learned a long time ago、um, from、uh, from my uncles that are, they're all accountants, and I have a a very conservative family.、Uh, they're all either government workers or accountants and and the such. And so,、uh, being from、uh, Ottawa, Ontario, although I'm currently in,、well, I'm, I'm up at the cottage in uh, in Charbet、uh, Lake area, but um, but uh, yeah, so I. I I was told by my uncles、uh, a long time ago to just go ahead and、uh, and really be,、uh, you know, learn some skills that you can、uh, that that you that would be important in life、um, uh, while you're young and sharpen those skills. So、uh, I got into sales at an early age.、Um, I I do love to talk and I'm a very social person, and so that's something that.、Um, That was recognized、uh, by my uncles、um, and my family early on, and so I, I sort of doubled down on that. And so,、uh, although my first job, technically speaking, was、uh, working at Wendy's, but I was only there for literally one paycheck、um, because、uh, I, I ended up.、Uh, you have to pay for your、um, your uniform, and after all the deductions and all the work that I had to do, and and、uh, being stuck behind a fryer and stuff like that for. Uh, you know, several hours. I mean, the I I basically didn't make anything at all, and I thought there must be、uh, a better way of doing things. But、um, you know, I sort of moved along、um, to、uh, working at a restaurant,、um, a, a sports bar, which was by far the coolest job ever. I I really loved it.、Um, I was、uh, you know around a bunch of sports people,、um, and as a young、uh, as a young sort of sixteen year old. Um, you know, fifteen, sixteen,、uh, working in the sports bar where you know you can go ahead and、uh, you're around、uh, just like a lot of energy, sports enthusiasts, and and such. It was、uh, it was a lot of fun、uh, to say the least, and I learned the value of、uh, of cash to say the least.、Um, I would save uh, my uh, I, I would save my tips and. And I would just use my my paychecks as spending, because、uh, my my tips were actually more、uh, was more money、uh, as a busboy than、uh, what my paychecks were. So, like when I was really young, I got a bunch of jobs、uh, that were all lined up, and、um, and so、uh, the idea was really just to,、um, you know, once once I got into working with、uh, with local heroes, I really got an understanding of just like I, I thought it'd be so cool to just make money. Um, doing things that I would pay to do anyway, so that was something that uh, that was um, that uh, was very interesting to me to say the least. And and so when I was going through school、um, in university, I went to the University of Ottawa, 
um, I, a high school friend of mine uh, reached out to me and uh, and said, "Hey, you want to start a, uh, a little travel company?" And I was already kind of wanting to do uh, some uh, some things anyway. But yeah, we started uh, a a travel company called Euphoria Entertainment, and uh, just we figured we would just um, party for the summer without having to worry about um, uh, you know spending any money at all, really. And uh, and uh, you know we uh, we got to do some really cool things. Um, you know, just going to some of the bars and uh, and the nightclubs outside of town, and we organize uh, sort of the buses, the bus trips, and all those types of things, uh, to say the least. That allowed me to uh, to go ahead and uh, uh, and just uh, spend really good time with my friends um, in really unique, uh, having some really unique experiences. So you know, whether it's the uh, Ibiza Beach Festival, which was this uh, this outdoor bar and club uh, that was during the day, that allowed us to be able to uh, to uh, you know. Uh, like wakeboard and uh, have water trampolines and uh, and have DJs and stuff in his private area. It was very cool. And so, yeah, um, we didn't make any money off of that. Uh, but at the end of it all, it uh, we we did uh, more or less break even, and we had an absolute blast to say the mm-hmm. least. But the important thing about that was it really gave me the confidence to uh, to be able to get more involved in other areas uh, and and to really take bigger and bolder things because. I was so concerned and worried about, you know, me signing, mm-hmm. uh, signing, um, a, a, you know, a, some contracts that were for essentially for us to go ahead and, um, and like, uh, you know, pay for these buses, right. As a, as a student, we didn't really, you know, we didn't really have a lot of money or anything like that, but because I saved a lot, uh, when I was younger, I did have a little extra money kicking around and I did get a, get a scholarship to school. So I didn't have to pay as much, uh, that I was expecting to have to pay and such, uh, cause let's just, uh, let's be honest. I was not the greatest, uh, the greatest student in high school until pretty much the very end. Uh, I just, uh, uh, yeah, at, um, but anyway, it was, it ended up just working out uh, really well. And so that gave me the confidence to really, uh, start to do things and, mm-hmm. um, and so I noticed that, uh, you know, at the end of the summer, um, that a lot of my friends, they, they just, they weren't really playing hockey anymore. They just, uh, uh, other than the university intramurals, which was, uh, which was okay hockey, uh, but I found it was really dirty and it, I just wasn't really playing with my friends. I thought I'd start, start my own hockey league. So, um, so we called that rec hockey and, uh, and I just pulled together just through Facebook, um and just reached out to all these different mm-hmm. hockey players and uh we were a- able to form a whole bunch of teams and and they just negotiated uh some deals with the city and used their their new online platform that they had to be able to uh to book up the ice times and there are ways to be able to uh to sort of game the system a little bit to to be able to maximize the profit load to be able to keep the price insanely low because you know I was basically charging um, uh, charging, you know, what was it? A hundred or $125 a player when normally hockey costs around four or $500. And, uh, we were offering up to pay for the jerseys and all those things. We had sponsors and it was just, uh, being able to negotiate, uh, some of the, some of the deals on, on the things that really, uh, allowed us to, uh, to perform well on that end. So I was really excited and really happy about, about how that went. And we ended up, like we had, uh, we had like over a thousand people that ended up going through the league and wow. we had, uh, partnerships with the Ottawa senators where they, where they hooked us up with the jerseys and, uh, and the such. So it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a lot of fun, but, uh, those early sort of, you know, we didn't really make, uh, make, uh, any or, or a lot of money off of that, but it really is built, built up the confidence to, mm-hmm. to go ahead and do that. Cause, I, you know, coming from a conservative family where nobody was really an entrepreneur and everybody was sort of pushing for me to, you know, work in the government and and the such, it it was one of those things where Mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, it's not something that, uh, like, uh, I just didn't want to do it. I, to, to be honest, I just thought, why not, why can I not get paid to have fun and do things that I really care about? And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that helped, uh, through school, um, to say the least, but that's incredible going along what uh what one of the things uh was uh, sort of one of the turning points was um i went down and i thought maybe i wanted to go and do my mba and so i started to go and look in schools down in the states and one of the things that um i went down to cornell university because i had a friend that uh that went there and i wanted to check out the campus and they had a pretty good pretty good uh program 
But when I was down there, what they ended up doing was just uh, the admissions officer said it was really nice and and great in terms of all the things that you're doing with your, uh, you know, working with your uh, with your buses and stuff like that. But like, how do you take it to that next level? And uh, and and so I, I never really thought about scaling scaling things upwards and and growing to be uh, to be bigger and anything like that. And I mean, I didn't have the heart to tell him that I was, uh, I was done with the, uh, with the, uh, the, let's call it the party bus, uh, business, but, um, you know, it, uh, it, it really sort of laid, uh, a bit of a, a little bit of an idea about, uh, about scaling upwards and it ended up actually being a class that I took a little bit later on, um, uh, that following year, um, wow. where, uh, Dr. Barbara Orser, um, you know, at the University of Ottawa, at the Telford School of Management, she said, you know, like, uh, it's great with your hockey league, but, you know, technology is where you should be because technology scales and, uh, and it scales a lot better than what you do with this regular, uh, you know, the regular sort of the hockey league or mm-hmm. with, uh, with these party buses. And so when I'm getting the advice from two different people suggesting that I, uh, I didn't know anything about tech whatsoever. I did love marketing mm-hmm. and I did love sales and still do. But I thought, well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved in in tech. So I didn't I didn't know anything about technology at all. I didn't know about h- hiring technology people. I didn't know how to assess any of that. Um, but I figured, um, I, like, I don't know where the idea came from. But the but looking back, I, I just like it was, um, you know, like if you don't know where or like if. I might not necessarily be able to assess talent, but um, but people that have functioning, you know, startups and companies um, that are, you know, they they probably do. So I uh, I looked at people uh, on LinkedIn to be able to try to find some uh, some uh, some some people, and I found a, a little a small functioning team, and it was this one guy that uh, that was also teaching app mobile app development at Carleton University, where. Um, I just thought, okay, well, I'll go ahead and uh, and uh, chat with him, and uh, we ended up actually uh, sort of hitting it off. And mm. I found that uh, that um, you know we've started this new company together, and uh, and so that was it was called Mobility Think. It was it was very important to him to to keep sort of that 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 name or that idea, and so that's what we did. I, wow. um, uh, we, we worked together, uh, we, we created this new company and he had, uh, equity in this, in this new company and, and, um, we were building, uh, mobile apps that I found, uh, would be helpful for, uh, for the golf industry. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, we just did that. We created these apps and, and, um, we got these, you know, some early sort of traction, um, in terms of i uh, got some interest in uh, in meetings with some uh, some fairly high level uh, people within uh, the golf industry itself and we and i brought on uh, uh, i brought on another guy um that i went to school with who was a really good golfer and uh, we just built out this little this little company and we got a little bootstrap award um which is in ottawa it's an ottawa thing for basically doing something where you know without really having any money and if you're completely bootstrapped which you were um, it would allow us the opportunity to, uh, uh, you know, basically we got the best guerrilla marketing award for crashing these conferences and just in the main areas, sort of putting our flyers and stuff like that in the hotel lobbies and things like that. And, uh, and we got, we jumped up a bunch of interest and, uh, and, amazing. Uh, we, you know, we were talking about a bunch of things. So it worked out well on that end. What a journey and so beautiful. And I have so many questions. First of all, you said that. Your entire families are accountant or that sort of uh, profile where no one is entrepreneur, right? Do you always pretty much knew you are different? And was it difficult? You know, was it an easy choice for you to notice you are different and really follow your heart, follow what is feel right for you and on the path which you don't see anyone in your family done it before? That when that's a great question. I did always know I was I was different. Um, you know, if it wasn't for, I, I found out. Uh, later on, uh, like, like, uh, unfortunately, my, my grandpa had, uh, had, had passed um, a number of years ago, but I found it right towards the very end that he was a little bit entrepreneurial. Um, but in t- but before then, I always thought, well, like, where do I get this from? Because my dad is a, is ultra conservative, you know, is a, a military guy. It's all about uh, structure. It's it's regimented. It's uh, 
It's, um, you know, and then my, my uncles are all accountants and I don't really have anybody that's been entrepreneurial in my family at all. Um, mm-hmm. So for the longest time, I just thought, well, where did I get this from? Because I've, I, I have like, I always had that sort of burning, um, that, that burning desire to do it, but it just took, it took building up the confidence a little bit through, through a, a couple of little wins and, and little successes that, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, really allowed me to, uh, to feel comfortable enough to take that next, uh, that next step. And it had just having the right people come in um, at the right time, you know, in terms of doubting and it, like every, every founder has uh, goes through the, you know, doubting themselves and doubting the, the ideas and, and um, you know, you're, you're, you're really pushing a lot of the, uh, you know, you're working a lot of the time. Um, you're not really having many, many big, uh, you know, vacations or holidays. So if you're not surrounded by entrepreneurs, uh, which for the longest time um, I, I wasn't, I just found that uh, I just found that I was such an outsider uh, in absolutely everything. So it was, yeah, it was just one of those things where um, it's uh, once I started to find other entrepreneurs um, in the entrepreneurship ecosystems, I, you know, I, I knew I'd found my people to say the least. We're a little bit, we're a little bit nuts and a little bit crazy um, to say the (laughs) least. And with a, with a relatively high tolerance to risk. It's incredible, Mike. And you said that, you know, even though your family are a certain type of profile, but you just have this fire in your chest. What is your fire? What do you want to build? What is the world that you really want to create? Honestly, it's been since high school. My 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 dream has always been to take a company public and to run a publicly traded company, to do it, to be a global company, you know, here in here in you know, built in built here in Canada. And you know, um, I've drawn a lot of inspiration um, to uh, to another Ottawa uh, local company, uh, another Ottawa company called Shopify, which is uh, just been absolutely on fire. Um, that uh, you know, it really proved that um, that you could do and build a, a global leader in, mm-hmm. in uh, you know from your hometown. Whether it's you know, I, I currently live in Toronto, but uh, whether it's Toronto or Ottawa. Um, but in Canada itself and build a, a global leader. And, and so, um, it, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting that, you know, it sort of just, it just sort of occurred to me that Ottawa did used to be sort of the tech, the tech hub of the North for the longest time. Like in the Nortel days, we had uh, JDS Uniphase and, and uh, Research in Motion is uh, as a big Ottawa office as well. So we had these very large, like globally dominated companies, but that was before my time as being uh, sort of like recognizing a lot of that, a lot of that stuff. So it's interesting to see. But yeah, I've always, I've always had this, had this, uh, this desire to uh, to build a company with the people that I want to build it with that has a as a global impact uh, on something that's important and uh, and meaningful to me. That'll also uh, be important and meaningful to uh, to the world as well. That to leave a to leave a footprint. So. That's wow. uh, yeah, but the competitive drive comes from sports. My love from sports, whether it's basketball or hockey, I uh, I was um, I was a competitive wrestler. Um, I you know went to uh, went to a high school that's been that was very very strong in football. So we've always had uh, I, I've just had this strong competitive drive uh, in, uh, in in competing, um, and that comes from sports. And just uh, I just I still love it to this day. It's you know, given the pandemic, you can't really do much to say the least, but uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to getting back, back at it to say the least. And Mike, you know, it's so incredible to see, you know, you, you mentioned as a high schooler, you already knew what is your dream. And I'm curious, at the point of time, you don't have that much experience that you are today. How do you not get scared by your dream, which sounds so big and so unimagined, imagine where you come from, where your family the circumstance you are in, right? That's one. Second is now the fifth venture in along the journey. How do you never get scared to start something completely new, completely big? How are you able to really move forward with that mentality? Honestly, having a good support uh, support network. I mean, uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, to the uh, to the. I mean, I can't say that my uh, my uh, my partner Lauren. Uh, she's she's a lawyer, so she's about as risk adverse as you can ever imagine, which is kind of ironic given, given who she's with, but been, we've been together for, uh, for, uh, you know, nearly 16 years. Wow. And so, 
um, you know, having a partner that understands uh, about what you're doing and, um, and, you know, supporting you uh, through thick and thin with it. Um, but, uh, you know, that does really help. But, you know, there was a point in time where, um, like when I moved to, when I, when I first moved to Toronto, um, I wasn't sure, uh, what my, my last startup, uh, within, within the golf industry sort of flopped. Um, it didn't, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, the kind of, I still think it's an absolutely brilliant idea to this day. Um, but it was a little bit ahead of, ahead of its time. And as a startup, this is back in like 2011, 2012, um, in, in that time frame, um, you know, it wasn't as popular to, to be sort of a, uh, a startup and or like a startup founder and big companies really didn't, they didn't have the, um, they, they weren't willing to bet on the, on early stage startups to support them. Now, I think it's changing quite a lot through corporate venturing, but at the time, you know, um, like uh, we were pitching our idea. Uh, it evolved from just developing uh, golf mobile applications to basically, you know, allowing for booking tee times um, and basically like being able to buy uh, tee times for golf, um, for golf um, and just sort of having it at a, um, releasing discounts in waves. And so you can have like hyper-targeted waves through Facebook. So through the Facebook um, uh, graph um, data that you were able to pull back, it was a lot more open back then. But you can have really hyper-targeted, customized um, discounts uh, in package deals to to be able to offer up and then um, provide this uh, the mobile app itself as a way to uh, to advertise the apps um, on the, on the app store and be able to engage with their, with their members, but also people that are potentially looking for it. So we thought it was fantastic. But, um, you know, when we, uh, when, when we met with, uh, with the, you know, the absolute tops of, uh, of the golf industry. So whether it's the, um, uh, the golf association, so national golf course ordinance association here in Canada or the United States or the PGA of America, you know, they, they, held strong to go with, uh, to go with what they knew rather than specifically embracing, uh, embracing sort of, you know, some cool tech, uh, you know, concepts and ideas with guys they don't really know. So it was, uh, you know, so like I said, it, it was a brilliant, I, I thought it was a brilliant idea then I still stand by it. I think it's fantastic. And there's a lot of great companies that are making a tremendous amount of money, uh, off of it. So such as, uh, such as company called Gallus Golf, shout out to them. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I was just coming off that and, uh, off of the, you know, licking my wounds with that. And I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. I thought, you know, like as much as my ambitions are there, you know, so, you know, having, uh, having a partner and a spouse and, and prioritizing them and, and, um, making sure that, uh, that, you know, contributing and, and being uh, a really uh, an equal partner and and those type, types of things, I ha- I didn't really have a specific idea and and um, in, in mind in terms of what I wanted to do. And I, I ended up actually very very briefly, um, you know, getting uh, get, getting a couple of jobs just in Toronto when we moved there because I didn't really know anybody and I didn't really know what I what I was going to do and and I couldn't just sort of sit around and and, and do nothing all day. So. Um, you know, I uh, I got a job as a bartender at uh, and um, at a uh, at a at a really high end private club uh, just down the street from me in Toronto, and then I got a job over at uh, selling uh, mobile devices because um, I knew I could sell, and it's a it's a great way to be able to make uh, make for a bit of money. Um, but but in the meantime, I was going and meeting and and you know crashing little conferences and things like that to just get to know more and more people and. Um, you know, right at my absolute lowest lowest point, I I ended up uh, going and seeing an entrepreneur uh, speak at the uh, at Ryerson University. His name is Michael Weckerle, and uh, and in in that particular moment, I uh, I met uh, I met a business partner that uh, or, or a guy that wanted to interview me about um, how to be able to hire technology people because I basically just said uh, said to him uh, over drinks that all we were doing was really just going and. And like just identifying people that recognized who to hire for good, talented people, and then just basically, like, like doing a talent acquisition to hire, like acquire those companies to be um, 
to be able to hire the people, which is what I do with Mobility Think. And, and, um, and so, you know, he just wanted to pick my brain more on that. But really what he wanted to do is start this company in the, uh, in the accounting space. Um, and so, uh, and, you know, I uh, had some uncles that, uh, that were accountants and, and the such. And so I didn't really know a lot about the accounting space other than just the conversation I had with them. But, um, you know, we, uh, we started spitballing ideas that, uh, um, w- which, you know, we met the next day for, to have a cup of coffee and, uh, and ended up actually just being, it, it turned out to be, uh, that they'd wanted to, uh, wanted to start this company for, uh, for Deloitte, um, or with Deloitte, um, to be able to, uh, to, you know, basically look, figure out the future of, of accounting, um, it's specifically the audit space. So we, I, because of the data, the data stuff that I I did before with the, within the golf industry, I thought there might be a way to be able to use, um, the buzzword at the time was called big data, but, um, it ended up, uh, now it's called, you know, they, it shifted to being sort of like artificial intelligence, um, and sort of like using data to be able to, to predict other things or to be able to take, uh, take action on things. But, I figured there must be a way to be able to to use all of the accounting data because that basically if you do an audit or do accounting stuff you're basically you're basically you know you can you can create actions off of that. So I brought my old team um I recruited my old team from uh from uh from Rebate Golf to come and join up with us and we started the company it was called Bay Street Labs and we the uh, the vision the idea was to automate the financial audit process and so we secured a bunch of funding from uh from Deloitte to be able to help us out with that and get it off the ground and then um we achieved a a fair bit to say the least a lot more than they expected us to and we ended up securing uh we went from securing basically 3 million bucks to like 19 and a half million dollars so um in the span of about 8 months and that what that really allowed for us to do was to really you know, take shape and really move forward uh, this industry. And this was, uh, there's another great company out there now called MindBridge.ai. And there were, there were a few other companies that started up after us, but we were, we were the first company to really uh, do this automating the financial audit process. And we had all of the, um, you, you know, all the contacts and the networks and everything like that to make it be uh, tremendously successful. But I found that once we secured our funding, I I straight fell out of love with the with the concept and the idea because the challenge, and I'm really driven and motivated by very large challenges. But uh, I found that the, the the challenge of starting up this company and being a legitimate player in the space was was done. It was over, right? Like we we'd already sort of I, I'd already achieved the goal, and it didn't, and those goals didn't fall in line with with my personal ambitions in terms of wanting to take the company public and. And uh, to be able to do things um, in, in a space that I really cared about. So at the height of all all of the, uh, the, the the time for that, I decided to step back, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I I decided to sort of step back and and um, and just try to figure it out uh, in, in terms of what I really wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something big, and this was on a great trajectory, to say the least, uh, for it. But this is just was. I honestly didn't give a damn about about auditing. It's yeah. a tremendous courage, Mike, because you talk about right before you start this venture, you are at the lowest point of your life where right there's not much light in the the golf um, the venture you started it, but then you see success and you really do having the courage to realize, wow, this is not what I love to do, and able to make a decision to take a step back from the huge success with the joy with all the fun you raise. That's incredible. How do you always have such a strong, strong um, courage, really, just to truly stay true to who you are and really seeing things as it is rather than better than this? It's it's tough as hell, uh, to be honest, uh, when it's incredibly difficult. You don't know if you're making the right decision, right? You don't, you have no idea. Are you missing the, you know, the greatest opportunity uh, uh, of your entire life, or it, you, you know, it's, uh, you, you have doubts, um, about it, but, you know, I just, I think that like, if I, what really made it, what made it easy, an easy decision for me is looking at, if I were, 
um, it, you know, if I were, um, my grandpa had passed uh, around that time. And uh, I, I just figured if I was, if I was at my grandpa's age um, and it turned out that, um, that like, would I be happy with, with my life's work? Would this be something that I would be proud of? And I am absolutely proud of it in terms of the, the stuff that I had done, but do I want to make this my life's work? And, uh, and so I learned, I, I just, I, through following a lot of other entrepreneurs that I, that I have a lot of respect for, um, I found that, you know, they have the, the screw it, just do it kind of, kind of mentality in terms of like, if, if they just do what they, what really feels right and you, and you, you gather as much information as you possibly can about things, but you stick to what, what you know and what you really care about, um, that it, it all kind of works out. You know what I mean? Like persistence and like you can overcome, um, a lot of the difficulties and challenges that come along the way with being an entrepreneur. If you simply just are, you know, you, uh, you think creatively or you, or you sort of try to overcome some of the obstacles uh, that are in front of you and you're, you're just persistent with trying to solve the problem. And so um, whatever's sort of in front of you. And so th- when I look at life's work and, and the, some of the challenges and, and things, I just thought, you know, I'm still young. I can, I'm young enough to still be able to swing for the fences and, you know, like in terms of thinking about things that I want to have in terms of for a family and for, and for my own, my own home life, now is the right time to really go for it. Then, and so, uh, I, I went and took a trip to, uh, to New Zealand for a few weeks to visit some friends, um, just to be able to really think things through, uh, with it. I don't, I didn't want to have sort of like an impulse sort of, sort of, you know, feeling about, okay, well, I'm just going to decide to go and and just do this and then, and then regret it later. And also I really had to think through the impacts that it would have on the team, right? Because I recruited uh, pretty much everybody on the team. I was, I was a very big uh, part of the culture. I was really driving a lot of the culture of the company. And I was concerned that if I, if I had left, if I had just left this company that uh, basically, you know, a big piece of the company would be gone and that the company would not be successful, and and everybody that uh, that it, that invested money in into the company and and uh, w- was really uh, supporting us through through all of this, I didn't want to leave them high or dry and, and leave them screwed either. Um, so I really had to think through: is this you know is this the right time to do it? And you know, once we got our funding in place, I knew at that time that th- we were financially stable. And that it would be that if it was ever going to be a time to do it, it would, it would be then. Um, and so, uh, and so, you know, like I said, I went to, I went to New Zealand. I took a few weeks, um, to just sort of just think things through. And, uh, I came back and I knew exactly what I had to do. And, you know, it turns out that the company was just fine uh, without me with, uh, with leaving. Um, and, uh, and they, uh, they're still going today. It's, uh, it's called Avenir. A U V E N I R, and uh, they're they're going strong, and I'm so proud of Pete and the team and everything that they're doing, and uh, and they've they've really grown into uh, into a fantastic company, and I, like I said, I'm super proud of them. But you know, I I didn't know if it would last that with me being gone, it, and uh, and ended up being just completely fine. It's uh, uh, but I was worried about the culture, and I, I fundamentally believe that good culture can trump any anything like you can overcome any challenges if you have a good uh culture that uh that encourages risk um and uh and creativity uh and so uh the culture the culture stayed they did have some turnover um but uh but overall it was something that uh, that i'm really i'm really happy uh for them but i had no idea what i wanted to do after that i had the financial stability to be able to uh to spend some time really thinking about it but you know, to answer your question, I didn't know. I, and it's uh, to, in terms of finding the courage to do it, you just kind of you got to stick to your stick to your, your your core, your gut in terms of what you're trying to you're trying to do. And uh, it, you know, one of the things I'm doing now is is I've been working with a coach, um, uh, just to like an executive coach to just 
really, you know, strengthen the, the core and the core values and, and, and the things that I care a lot about um, and make sure that I'm, 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 I'm continually going in the direction that, that I want to go and, and uh, be able to, uh, you know, build, build me at, at like, as, as I'm growing this company and this, this startup uh, with Swift Ride, you know, this is the first time I've ever, ever been a solo founder. Right and uh, without any co-founders and like that, so this is something where where you know it's just as scary as it was uh, for the other other startups that I that I've started, you know what I mean? And so by working with uh, you know having my own um, uh, sort of like ad- advisory group um, that are just personal advisors and a coach um, to be able to to help me scale up my my skill sets and my talents um, and be able to to look at the different uh, you know, understanding sort of where some of the blind spots are, um, and see things where that uh, potentially that I don't see. It allows me, and, and I feel more and more confident every day in terms of uh, in terms of building building this. And I I know that I'm I'm building towards the right a company in an, in an area that that really does feel you know right true to the core of, of who I am, which is to, uh, in, to make the, make the planet a, a, a better place through, through technology. And, and so, um, you know, by helping companies and helping people sort of reduce their carbon footprint, this is something that I think is, is, uh, critically important. And it's something that I I've been passionate about since, uh, since, uh, certainly un- within university when I took some courses on it, um, I, I really fell in love with it then. So, it's uh, it feels amazing. It's still scary. Don't get me wrong. It's still scary. But um, you know, surrounding yourselves with the right people um, uh, helps you overcome the the uh, the the doubt, some of the self self doubt that you would have. And uh, for people that have gone through those journeys uh, before, it really does help you, to say the least, to overcome those. So tell us a little bit about Swift Ride. I started the company. Um, back in uh, July of 2019 um, where I'd acquired another uh, an, another uh, some intellectual property from another company um, which was a mobile app and it was really like a like a talent acquisition but um, it was uh, but it was also one that provided us some some IP rate out of the gate and I was able to negotiate a pretty strong deal on it and so what allowed that basically uh, it's uh, you know, it's a it's a multi-sided platform that allows for corporations themselves to be able to uh, basically have their employees get paid to drive to drive to work and carpool to, uh, car- carpool together to work. So we looked at um, the sustainability challenges and issues, and and like I was, uh, I noticed that there's a, a I knew that there was going to be a massive shift in terms of with the politics that were going on within uh, within the United States. That there's going to be a massive shift towards uh, sustainability and and um, and sort of like uh, reducing um, uh, sort of CO two emissions and uh, and just you know a lot of things with that with the with the shift of the uh, of the uh, the presidents and so um, you know we got in we got in early um, in terms of uh, you know within within the space itself and we've been sort of building up. Uh, we sort of bet that corporations themselves are going to come under increasing pressure to reduce their carbon footprints. And so when we, when we built out, um, we, when we conceived the original idea, it was really with that, with that in mind that like, how do we one tackle sort of where some of the largest carbon like, um, emitters of, uh, of CO2 emissions are, uh, which are, which is commuter travel and what, what are they doing? And really what they're doing is they're driving to work. Um, and so we thought, okay, how do we integrate within a corporation, which is where we think that that's where the, the largest contributors of CO2 emissions are going to be anyway, um, with it. So how do we, how do we bring these two together with it? And so a, um, a simple, uh, carpooling, um, matching program that, uh, that is offered up by the corporation itself that, uh, be able to, you know, match, um, you know, riders and riders and drivers, people that commute to work and stuff like that, together in a uh, in a very cost effective way, and and so um, you know, it's not about making money; it's really about sort of breaking even. So the pain point with the uh, with the drivers uh, that 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 own cars is that they're basically you know they're 
the operation of a vehicle is basically the second most expensive uh, uh, expense they, that they carry. It's uh, you know, about 9,000 on average uh, US dollars uh, per year that, mm-hmm. uh, that car owners have. And that is gas, uh, depreciation, um, maintenance, insurance, all that sort of stuff. So how can we help them recoup some of those while also, mm-hmm. while also um, you know, how do, basically like, how do we incentivize people to be, uh, to make sustainable decisions without even whether you're uh, pro-sustainability or, or not? Like, how do we, how do we remove the barrier to, be, to encourage or allow for sustainability to be um, open for all? And, uh, you know, and, uh, and so getting paid to drive to work seems like a hell, a heck of a, uh, value proposition. So, uh, that was, uh, that's, that's kind of what we've, uh, what we've been, been pushing on that end. And, um, and then, uh, it, through our, through our research, we found that corporations themselves are actually, um, they have these budgets, uh, to be that, uh, that are discretionary budgets that people can use, um, for however they want. And so um, through the benefits program, so we found that through through um, that's the way that the that the corporations themselves can pay with existing budgets to be able to uh, to uh, supplement uh, or, or to be able to pay the drivers to drive to work. So we created a, a whole you know value proposition uh, for both the uh, the corporations and the riders and the drivers, where the riders get sort of like free more direct trans- transportation to work. The uh, the drivers themselves get paid money to be able to drive to work, and it's all sort of covered by the corporation itself. Mm. So, um, you know, we didn't conceive COVID happening uh, to say the least in July, uh, in sort of the entire world shutting down, but it allowed us the opportunity to uh, to really um, to to really you know gain access to some in, in incredible talent. It pushed off us with our fundraise. We didn't have to raise capital uh, right away, um, and so you know now we're going into into a fundraise now. But at the time, you know the things that we needed to accomplish to achieve these milestones, we didn't necessarily need to do specifically uh, with um, like the, the the cost of of developers and and all that. It dropped substantially, so our mm-hmm. cost dropped dropped significantly, and we were able to bring on some people that can uh, that can help us achieve some milestones. Um, and uh, get get early into a, a really uh, you know a, a very promising startup, um, and so you know that allowed us to to really uh, we didn't have to carry the cost of like a mm-hmm. of a uh, of um, uh, like uh, like an office space. So you know we had an office last summer, but it was uh, you know we didn't need to worry about that. Uh, you know, afterwards. So, you know, we were able to save a tremendous amount of money, uh, through COVID. And, and so now the opportunity for, for, uh, for us is, is that, you know, this return to work where the rest of the world is sort of, you know, certainly within North America, everybody's going to be returning back to work in the fall. You know, you're going to have this hybrid work model where people are going to be going to work, you know, some of the days of the week, but not all the days a week. And so this program, uh, that, that we have is uh, is fantastic for the, you know, just dealing with the, with the influx and of the uh, of the more random random times to go into work and and such where people might not necessarily need to buy, say, uh, you know, a transit pass and and specifically within Toronto, right? You know, it's uh, it's expensive to uh, to travel from outside of outside of the city uh, with the go train, right? So. Uh, which is public transit, but it's uh, those things get really expensive. So this is it, our platform actually provides um, a more flexible, um, sustainable sort of transit transit um, solution uh, that the uh, that the employers can offer up, which is going to be fantastic for you know recruiting um, you know new employees um, and also just getting people more engaged uh, with uh, with their uh, with their colleagues and coworkers. And it's also safer um, during uh, with, with uh, you know whatever happens with, with COVID. It's safer for them to be able to to ride with a smaller group of people rather than take like larger sort of public mm-hmm. transit or uh, to take an Uber where you have a bunch of random random people that are in all the time. Like it's uh, it's a it's a fantastic opportunity. So um, uh, you know coming out of COVID and then you know it's. Uh, it goes back to our original business plan that we had, um, you know, in 2023, 
back for what we were expecting sort of 2021 and 2022 are going to look like. So we're really excited to say the least about, about all this. And now we're just recruiting uh, a fantastic team um, and uh, we're, we're, uh, we're all systems go. We're really excited about it. So happy to see, you know, one venture after another, every single step, you are closer to closer to who you truly are. And today, since that Swift ride is truly what you are as entrepreneur, as what really matters to you. So it's incredible to see um, an incredible venture you're building. I want to shift our topic a little bit for the next question. So, you know, you have done a lot, Mike. You've done so much, uh, whether it's, you know, um, the party bus we talked about, whether it's just a sales experience and one venture after another. I'm curious, um, what is your definition of success look like for you today? And with that, are you successful? I would say that success is being able to do things um, the way that you want to do things um, and, to have it, and to have an impact on, on what you're doing with people uh, surrounded by the people that you you would want to want to do things with, um, and that's that's sort of on the that can that can go between sort of the personal and and, and business uh, business side. But you know, I my what I what I see as being success is is really just being able to have a seamless integration within work and with within work and life, where it's not when it doesn't impede or or hurt the other right where mm-hmm. it's it's something that that you can you can have an impact and you can and you can uh you don't sacrifice uh, you know substantially sacrifice on the family side but also you don't uh you know you don't uh you, you don't sacrifice on, on the business side by spending spending too much uh too much in the in the sport and leisure but um i see overall like just being able to do things um on, on your terms with the people that you want to do it, that, that you want to do it with. Um, and so I've been successful to that, uh, to, to that, to that extent, but I've, I've been that way for, for the longest, the longest time. I just don't feel as though I, I, I haven't, I haven't achieved all of my ambitions yet. And so, and so I, I'm hesitant to, to, to say that I've been successful but I've been I, I've been trending in towards the successful direction in terms of of the way that I've been been kind of doing things and uh, and I just know that you know by just sticking with sticking with all this I I, I know that I'm I'm going to uh, be able to have uh, you know a, a fantastic balance of of, of family and uh, and business I, I and uh, and have a just a a, a wonderful uh, business uh, career. Um, where, I, where I do my life's work and, and am able to focus on my life's work, um, you know, similar to you know, one of the entrepreneurs I kind of really look up to is, is Richard Bronson. Mm-hmm. He, he, his family is is involved with a lot of the work that that he does, and it just is, uh, you know, he just has fun doing it, it and it's uh, like why not have fun uh, doing what you're doing, right? Like, like you know, there's going to be ups and downs, but but the net positive being being fun, I just think. I wouldn't have it any other way. I I, I just Beautiful. wouldn't. Yeah. Incredible. So, what is your next ambition? My ambition is is uh, to be able to uh, to have a you know a, a global impact with uh, with my company Swift Ride, where we help you know basically leave the world a better place um, than where than where we left it by having it being uh, you know by reducing. Um, carbon, the, you know, the the carbon footprint through uh, through CO two emissions to to reshaping the way that that cities and like the future of cities and the future of transportation mobility are uh, are in and having a really big impact on that. And I'm I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, commuting is just the first uh, the first of uh, of a, a bunch of uh, amazing initiatives that we're going to be uh, going to be uh, tackling over over the next five, five to 10 years. But, you know, at the end of it all, I want to, I want this company to go public and I want this, and, and this company will be something that is going to, going to outlast sort of my lifetime. And that's, uh, I can't wait. I just can't wait for that. I know I'm, I'm on the right path. So that's your legacy you left on this planet. I love that. Exactly. 
So my last question to you is, you know, Mike, you of course is, you know, hardcore serious entrepreneurs and you really see it all, the up and down and everything in between. I'm curious, what piece of advice you'll give to the fellow entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who maybe right now are still in the thick of it? What would you say to him or her? I would leave a couple of, a couple of general themes. Um, the first one would be like, like surround yourself with incredible people that are way better at, at doing the things that, that, uh, that way better than doing the things than, uh, than, than you can do. Um, don't be, don't be afraid to, um, to provide and, and bring them along, uh, bring them along with you and, and where they can get a, a part of the upside, you know, as well, you know, um, have a partner partnership approach where you want to partner, be partners with, with your team. You want to be partners with, um, with, you know, the, uh, your clients or, um, you know, have a, have a win-win sort of mentality, uh, for that, um, focus on culture. Culture is incredibly important. And, and if you have a, you know, if you have a great uh, culture with that, uh, where people feel very comfortable and confident to share new ideas, um, and that they don't get sort of drowned out in, uh, in, uh, meetings or conversations, then you'll really be able to overcome any obstacles. I think culture is the absolute most important piece of, of anything. It, you'll get the most innovative ideas if people are comfortable with each other um, to be able to do it. I would. Uh, another really important theme is is don't like double down on what you're good at, but continually try to improve your crafts for whatever it is that you're really good at. Um, as a as a founder and and as a CEO, you're going to have to understand. A little bit about every every area of the business. So, like, like can you know? There is no personal uh, learning development plan for entrepreneurs. You have to you have to continually upgrade your skills. So, you know, take online courses, uh, whether it's through YouTube or through Udemy or Coursera or any one of those. But constantly take courses to upgrade your skill sets um, that you're really good at, but also to keep on top of. On, on top of other things and find the right partners um, to lastly to find the right partners to uh, that uh, that complement you um, to, to say the least within your team itself because um, you can't be everything uh, that you just can't be absolutely everything so if you do those you know it'll really help to overcome a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the difficult times that you have that founders do have. Um, so, but like, you know, if you keep, if you don't, if you try to stay even keel, so don't like, it's a roller coaster ride, you're going up and down all the time. But if you try to stay sort of, sort of like emotionally even uh, on it, you know, celebrate the successes, but don't, don't celebrate too high. Um, and don't, uh, don't get too low on, uh, on the difficulties and the challenges. Cause there, there are going to be so many things that you can't even imagine or foresee happening that it, it just happened and you got to overcome it. And you, and you just look for, have to look for the opportunities in those challenges. Uh, COVID is the perfect ex example of that. So, you know, with all of those taken in, uh, into, uh, into consideration, it's, it's going to be a tough ride. Um, it's, but it's a hell of a journey, um, to say the least. And it's, uh, it's, 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 worth it it's worth it wow mike it's so beautiful and once again um, please allow me to thank you for joining today and being so open so authentic share your beautiful journey your beautiful ways and the insight so i am really, really grateful i truly enjoyed today's conversation and thank you everybody for tuning in i hope you enjoy as much as i do and until next time my friend have a magical day and i'll see you all next week <laughs>